Father, thank you for our earthly fathers. And we who are fathers and grandfathers, Lord, help us to be worthy of those names and titles. God, help us that we would turn our hearts and minds to the word of God and hear your instructions as to how we can be godly parents and grandparents. Fathers, we continue to study this passage of Scripture from Deuteronomy 6. Father, please speak to our hearts about how you want us to live for you, influencing our children and grandchildren and their children for generations, if you so tarry, to live life so that they can find your Son as their Savior and live under his Lordship. Father, I just thank you for folks that come so faithfully to the house of God. And I just pray, Father, that you'll bless us in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, I hope that you've got your Bible. And even though we have this on the screen, I hope that doesn't stop you from bringing your Bible. And again, I want to encourage you to make notes in your Bible, not of what I say, but of what the Word of God says and what the Spirit of God says to you. Now, don't. this is not being sarcastic, okay? If you were here on Mother's Day uh, and hadn't been back since, yes, I'm still preaching out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, it does bother me. Believe me, sometimes I overthink myself, and then God says, Herbert, just, just do what I tell you to do, and it'll be all right, okay? But sometimes it worries me when I think about, are you getting tired of hearing... The same passage of Scripture, uh, following the same track is what we're doing. And one day, uh, somebody brought us a cake. And, and I looked at that cake, and I thought, you know, if you take a slice and eat it, you don't throw the rest of the cake away, do you? You're going to keep on eating that cake till you get finished. Now, maybe that's a poor comparison to, uh, to the Word of God. But, folks, the Word of God is for our spiritual nourishment. And if we're going to grow in our faith, we must hear and obey and live and share the Word of God. I am committing myself in the years that God continues to have me here as your pastor. And please hear this from a humble heart. I am committing myself to ask God to give me His Word so that I can share that Word with you. Because I hope what you will remember in years to come, if you remember me at all, is that I stood faithfully in this pulpit and shared from the Word of God with you. And that's what I think my calling is. And I'm going to be judged by how I have shared the Word of God with you. And uh, believe me, I don't like boring people, and, and I might be boring by continuing on the same text and everything. You remember when, uh, before they passed, I guess, rules and they put the time clock, and I'm not trying to down Carolina, they beat so many teams by the four corners. You remember that? And basically what it is is a stall tactic. And I can remember they would throw the ball back and forth, back and forth, and the crowd would start going boring, boring, boring. Do you remember those days? And if any of you guys start yelling boring, boring at church, I'm a cry. I really am. <laughs> but I, look, folks, here's what I'm trying to say. Let's get into the Word of God. We've got 25 minutes. If I'll stop talking now and get into the Word of God. But, folks, these should be precious moments on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, 
in Sunday school, whenever we have time to gather around and look at the Word of God and let the Spirit of God... Folks, this Word is going to stand forever because it is the Word of God Himself. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will stand forever. And we need to hear what God's saying. Let's read this passage of Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Now this is commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances which the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. Moses is laying it out. He's saying, what I'm getting ready to tell you, God told me. Here it is. That you may do them in the land which you're going over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, Folks, right there, see, there's three generations that is mentioned right there. You, your son, your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you this day, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them. Folks, listen to this. Moses is saying, obedience opens the door for more of God's blessings. And folks, this is a lesson that we must relearn in our society. When we're rebelling and going against God, all the blessings that God has for us cannot be realized and cannot be experienced. But the more we obey God, the more He pours out and we allow Him to pour His blessings out on us. One of the greatest things that we could teach our children is to obey God because we don't know all the blessings that God has for our children if they will obey Him that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, and a land flowing with milk and honey. And again, folks, I've just added too much, I know, but listen, God's already blessed them, but He wants to bless them even more. And folks, remember, sadly, because of their disobedience, and this is something I hadn't touched on yet, because of their disobedience, did you know that the people that are listening to Moses speak now will not enter into the promised land? You realize that? They get to where they can see it, but they don't enter the land. Why? Because they sinned and rebelled against God. They stopped fearing God. They started worshiping other gods. Even Moses himself. Do you realize that? Moses became disobedient and he did not enter the land. Back to verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I command you this day shall be where? Upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now here are seven instructions from God in this passage of Scripture to parents and grandparents. Number one, parents and grandparents must be teachable. Before we can teach our children the things of God, we must be teachable ourselves. Number two, parents and grandparents must first obey the commands of the Lord before we can teach them to our children and grandchildren. Verse 1, 2, 3, and 6. And the third thing that, that we're looking at, parents and grandparents must fear the Lord your God. Verse 2. And folks, let's pick up on that. That's where we left off last week, okay? I didn't realize until studying this passage of Scripture that fearing God is one of the great themes in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament. 
And fearing God means that we become so acutely aware of the holiness of God and of His power that we are genuinely afraid to disobey Him. And folks, look, we need to just stop for just a second. So often fear, we think we're afraid of retribution or somebody's going to harm us if we don't do exactly what they say. God wants us to obey Him out of love. He wants us to fear Him out of love, not because we think God's going to do something terrible to us. Folks, this fear is more than awe and reverence. It, re- it, it means responding to God in worship and service and trust and commitment. Why are we here today? We fear God. And we know that we should worship Him. We are His creation. He is our Creator. We are absolutely nothing without Him. And so this fear comes from a heart that has already received the love of God. Remember what 1 John 4.19 says, We love Him, and say the rest of that with me, because He first loved us. And folks, what a privilege it is to serve this God. And folks... Last week I said a whole lot about fearing God, but let me finish up this section on fear by talking about the personal implications about fearing God. And as I told you last week, I gave you a lot of notes out of the Bible commentary, out of Warren Wiersbe. These notes come from the Full Life Study Bible, okay? Personal implications about fearing God. Number one, if we truly fear God, we will live a life of obedience and say no to sin and rebelling against His will. Number two, we will pass the reverent fear of God on to our children. And folks, again, you might say, I don't want my children to think that God's going to get them. He's not. What we need to do is help them understand, and this is throughout the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge. Folks, when we teach our children to allow God to be the foundation of our life, folks, that is where wisdom and knowledge begin. Another reason, another personal implication, the fear of God motivates us to worship Him with our whole being. Folks, after we fear God in verse 3, what happens in verse 4? Or 5, excuse me. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Folks, when we fear God, it motivates us to worship Him with our entire being. And folks, I hope... There's probably a lot of things that you and I do half-heartedly in life, but I hope worshiping the Lord is not something that we do half-heartedly. That's something we need to examine within our own hearts, isn't it? But folks, listen, let me show you some promises, some rewards that God promises to those who fear Him. And, and D, if you will go up to these next verses. I didn't read. I'll come back to the fourth thing that we need to do after we get through fear, okay? So would you fast forward to Proverbs 22.4. Listen to some of these promises of God's reward to those who fear Him. Listen to this, Proverbs 22.4. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Now let me read that again. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. Now, whoa, wait just a minute, okay? Riches here means more than cash and assets. 
even though God gives those things to us. Would you not acknowledge that? Everything we've got, it came from God. Amen? I mean, he really, and has He not blessed us? But folks, when we fear God and when we humble ourselves before Him, that's when Jesus can truly give us the abundant life that He promised us. Listen to this promise, Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have refuge. Think about that for just a second. How many of us, how many of our homes, how many of our children, how many of us as married couples are facing some burden, some trials, something that seems to be trying to rip our marriage apart or our, our families apart? Folks, I'm just talking about everyday life. I hope you're not there, but if you are, let me tell you something. The fear of the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. His children will have a refuge. We need to teach our children to fear God. We need to have the fear of the Lord in our home. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Proverbs 10:27. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. How many of us have said it looks like the good people die young and the old people, the mean people live forever and ever? But folks, let me tell you something. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, and I don't think he's perhaps talking just about years, but he's talking about quality of life. You know, a lot of people live many, many years, but they're not happy. Sometimes, if we're not fearing God, we're probably not happy right now, are we? The years of the wicked will be short. Listen to this, Psalms 34, 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him have no want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Folks, listen, the fear of God enables us to live in such a way that God can meet all of our needs. Not our wants, but our needs. And listen to these verses in Psalms 33, verses 18 and 19. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those whose hope, who hope in his steadfast love that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Folks, did you realize there were so many verses that spoke about the fear of the Lord? Let me give you one out of the New Testament. In Acts 9.31, Acts 9.31. Listen to this. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it was multiplied. Now, when I first read that verse, I thought, I better not add this because that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? But yes, it does. These early Christians were being persecuted. These early churches... Many of the Christians were either being killed or persecuted or so ridiculed that they were afraid to continue to follow the Lord. But guess what, folks? God gave them peace. The church was built up. And as they walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church was multiplied. You know, there's so much talk now about church growth and how it seems like Growth in churches has absolutely even slowed to the point where it's non-existence or churches are literally falling backwards. You know what one of the keys, I believe, for the church to begin to grow again is to walk in the fear of the Lord. Folks, it's right here in the Scripture. 
But folks, let me point something else out. Let me get you to look at these verses, Joshua 24, 14, and 15. And in this context of fearing the Lord, now you know these verses well. Joshua, uh, let, me, let me read the verses. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if you be unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All of us remember that passage of Scripture, or many of us. But, D, if you will back it up to verse 14. But did you remember how those two verses began? Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Folks, every generation must make a decision about fearing the Lord. And, and folks, again, let me tell you something that is so absolutely phenomenal about this passage of Scripture. And it didn't, I really didn't get the connection until this morning. Folks, Moses tells those people as they are beginning their trek, they have met with God at Mount Sinai, and now they're beginning their trek to the promised land. That is where God wants them to be. That is what God has promised for many, many centuries, that he had provided a land for them, and they could be his people. He would prosper them and bless them. But guess what? They turned and rebelled against God. And because of that, they had been slaves in Egypt for over 420 years. God has led them out of Egypt. He's leading them to the promised land. Guess what? They get in the wilderness and they begin to rebel against God. And you remember, as I said earlier, that generation did not enter into the promised land because of their sin. Even Moses himself didn't. And before Moses died, he appointed Joshua to be the leader of this next generation. And even they, when they went into the foreign land to possess it, and they were surrounded by all types of gods that the people were worshiping, instead of following the living God who had revealed himself and delivered them, they accepted the gods of other nations and abandoned the God who had so greatly blessed them. And so Joshua is at a point where he's telling his generation, we need revival. How will revival come? And listen to these two words. Now, therefore, serve the Lord, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in fullness. Folks, listen to what he's saying here. Fearing the Lord will produce these things in verses 14 and 15. And folks, let me tell you something. Just think about it for just a second. Just for my heart and for your heart. If we fear the Lord, these things will follow. Number one, in verse 14, we will serve God in sincerity and in faithfulness. And you remember again, in Deuteronomy 6, 5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. If we fear God with a reverent fear... And let the same heart that receives his love be filled with fear also for our, our God. We will serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Verse 14, we will put away the gods which your father served. And folks, all of us probably have many gods that we're serving right now, don't we? And listen to what he says in verse 15. 
Choose this day whom you will serve. Fearing God will lead us to make a commitment. How many of us are sitting on the fence right now wondering whether for the rest of our life we really want to serve God in sincerity and faithfulness or we're just going to basically come to church and I'm not criticizing you for coming to church. Thank God that you're here. But folks, serving God is more than simply sitting in church. It is a day-to-day relationship with Him. It is a walk with Him. It is serving Him in sincerity and faithfulness. And Joshua says to his generation, you've got to choose this day whom you will serve. But listen to what he says in verse 15. And folks, as I think about this, Joshua is the leader of Israel, but he is more than that. As he is standing before these people, he also is a father and grandfather that is choosing to follow God. Listen to this. Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorite in whose lands you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Men, have we made this commitment Have we said, regardless of what the world will decide, my decision will be to fear God, which will lead to serving Him in sincerity and faithfulness and putting away all these other gods and making a clear, decisive decision that I'm going to serve Him and I'm going to dedicate my home to serving God. But did the people fear the Lord and have revival? Let me read a verse to you. It's actually the conclusion, I believe, of Judges. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. Listen to this. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Folks, revival will come again in our hearts and in this land, and in our homes, when we begin to fear God. Folks, there was so much more I wanted to tell you this morning. Will you bear with me a couple of more Sundays? And folks, let me, Dee, if you will scroll back to those seven things that that we learn from this passage of Scripture. If you'll scroll back on the... There you go. Thank you. If you go up to the third one where we were at. Parents and grandparents must fear the Lord. Folks, that's verse 2. Let me tell you something else I found about this. Okay? And I think, whether I'm right or not, but just, just listen to this. I think God always puts stuff in order. We must fear Him when we fear God We'll next what? We'll hear God. I hadn't noticed that, had you? Fear God, hear God, and then what begins to happen? We love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. Is this accidental that it's in the Scripture? I don't think so, folks. And what I'm asking you and I to do, you know, our homes, our world, look, I live, I live in a house just like everybody else, I believe. We have our ups and downs. 
Folks, there's a general turmoil in our country right now. And I believe it's because we have departed from the Word of God and God's plan. You know, if we could truly understand, and I know people say, well, this is Old Testament stuff. Folks, let me tell you something. This was God's way of revealing Himself, the type of God that He was. God wanted these people to know that He was going to be with them every step of the way, every moment of the day. But you remember in Revelation 3, 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I know that in the context, we probably take that out of context sometimes when we use it for evangelism because he's talking to the church. But folks, do you and I realize that God cannot do any more than we let him do in our lives? And even in our church, and most especially in our home. And folks, we've got to get beyond this thing that this is just about religion and it's just about Sunday. Folks, this is about living life on a day-to-day basis. And until a generation makes the decision to serve God and their homes to be places where God is served, there's not going to be revival in our land. And our world is going to get worse and worse. I hate to think of where it's headed. But, but revival can come. But I believe it's going to start in home. As we fear God, as we hear God, and as we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. Men, let's rise to the occasion. By the power and the strength of God, let's set the right example. And let's make sure that our homes are places that are holy and dedicated to the Lord. If you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's the first step. Would you acknowledge to Him that you're a sinner? Would you receive Him as the Son of God and save the world? Would you begin to walk and follow Him today? Let us pray. Father, Lord, I pray that Your Spirit would speak. Lord, I'm only a man that stands before these Your people But I pray, Lord, that in these moments, the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and penetrate deep within our hearts and minds. Lord, as men, as husbands, as fathers, as grandfathers, you know whether or not we're standing on the fence, whether we're running in a different direction than you're leading us. You know, Father, whether we fear you and are hearing you and loving you. But, Father, I pray that you would just help us, Father, that we will. We would be men of God that are leading our families to follow you. And if there be men, women, young men, young women here that have never trusted your Son as Savior, I pray right now that they would know that is the beginning step to turn to you and be born into your kingdom. And in these moments of invitation, I just pray that you'll speak. In Christ's name, amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning. Is number five forty four. Have thine own way, Lord. If God is